Coming up, when Dame Lillard speaks, or Damian Lillard, you make sure if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan, you go ahead and listen, especially when he puts Brooklyn among his short list of trade destinations. We break down the possibilities and potential all coming up next. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ah, yes, my friends, it is the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. Over there, you're going to find Doug Norrie, owner-operator of DFSR. Over here, Adam Armbrecht, host of the One Giant Podcast. We thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We're free on all those great platforms. And let you know, today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA, and when you enter promo code, all caps, LockedOnNBA, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. And Doug, I got to tell you, buddy, you got me a little bit in the, in the weeds here on the whole full name thing. But nevertheless, Damian Lillard, Puts a quote out there that the Brooklyn Nets fan base has to be excited about as he discusses potential landing spots in a potential trade this offseason. What level of excitement are you bringing into this? Yeah, look, I mean, Lillard gets on, uh, does a radio, or no, sorry, a TV spot today, and he's talking about just like his preferred landing spots and you know where that, you know, where he thinks he would want to go. And he got really specific in a way that you don't. I was on the last stand, sorry, um, where you don't really hear about this every every day with from a player, especially when they're under contract. And they did a good job of asking him, so there was kind of no out. But he says Miami is the obvious one. Bam is my dog. Uh, Brooklyn's the other obvious one because Mikhail Bridges is my dog too. Both have capable rosters. And so when a guy like that says something, I mean, you do, and you know, a guy who could get traded, and there's speculation that he could be on the move, and his time in Portland might be coming to an end, and they might be wanting to honor the wishes of a superstar who's been there forever. You have to start perking your ears up around. He kind of just laid out the teams he wants to go to. He could have said any team, <laughs> right? Like he chose these two. It wasn't by accident. And so now you got to start thinking, is Damian Lillard going to be on the roster, you know, anytime soon? Could have said Charlotte Hornets, right? Could have said a lot could've. of different places. But he says the Brooklyn Nets. And and the thing you touched on there is, is what's most important at a high level on this. We'll talk about the cost potentially coming up here for the Brooklyn Nets in a trade, the fit, the impact, the expectations, all of those things. But the thing that's changed for me here is early in the off season and even towards the back end of last year, it was, well, what are the Portland trailblazers going to try to do? Continue to build around Dame, try to find ways to bring in another star this off season early on. I think it was Portland testing the waters of, well, he loves Mikhail Bridges. Can we go get him? And the Brooklyn nets have made it abundantly clear. We're not trading him. There's no package short of being some seismic. And even then, maybe they would never even do it at that point. If the Nets aren't going to trade Mikhail Bridges and Miami isn't looking to trade Bam out of bio, obviously, if we talk about these two teams, I think they pushed as hard as they could, Portland, to find a way to keep Lillard there. And I do, it really does feel like this is the okay, what are the best packages we can get? How do we move on from this? Where's the capital going to come back in from? I, I read it as being Dame Lillard is going to be traded at least at a, I don't know, 80, 
85% chance now, as opposed to end of last year and into this offseason, I was at 50-50, maybe even more in favor of Portland keeping him and bringing more talent there around him. Yeah, I, you know, maybe this is him just sort of putting it out there because the writing is on the wall and he maybe understands that. Uh, there's a, there's some chance that that's the case, right? That he understands that the situation is maybe further along than it is. Maybe it's just, it's like so obvious that it's going to happen at this point to like sort of all parties that there's just nothing going to be coming back. They've already, excuse me, the Blazers have already made it clear that like Shaden Sharp is basically untouchable. So when that start, starts happening, then you know, the list of the guys that you could get, you could get back, to, you know, let's say Bridges for the, in this case, he's not getting traded, but like if they were going to send Mikhail Bridges to Portland, you'd be like, Oh, we want Shaden Sharp and, and the number three pick or whatever. Right. And most Blazer fans would say no way. And then you would just hem and haw, but the Blazers seem to have shut that down by just saying Sharps just can't even be included. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like, we're not even going to go there. And so when you start kind of, cutting away the edges of like potential packages, then you sort of, in some degree are only left with certain scenarios that can happen. Right. Like I'm not totally, my number for him getting traded is way less than 80%. Like you said, mm -hmm. I think um, I would still put it more like 50, 50 or less <laughs> like right now, not ever, but like right now before the draft, let's say um, I don't think it's going to happen then. That's just my gut feeling on this, but when Lillard comes out like this and says very specific guys and very specific teams, it does mean a lot more than just your standard NBA talk and platitude kind of stuff. Yeah. I found it interesting too. So, cause I want, I, I, when we think about going after a move like this, should the Brooklyn Nets be all in on a move like this? Cause I think it's easy to all of a sudden get excited. Damian Lillard likes Mikhail Bridges puts the nets on his list. We're comparing it to Miami. Miami would have to do a lot more legwork in order to create the kind of space and, and, and probably shed a lot more that maybe Damian Lillard looks at that and says, is that his quality or roster? Obviously it's not too hard to look at the playoffs and where Miami is right now, the NBA finals yeah. and feel like it's a more viable option. But does, is this an all in type of move? Cause we talked about Dame across the course of this summer in different instances. Is this an all in type of opportunity for the Brooklyn nets in your mind? I would not do this. Um, this is I'm going to be on record right now. Okay, I'm, and what's going to happen is I I I'm fine getting quoted on this and having it stick with me. Um, <laughs> I am going to give one caveat and say, okay, I if you were to get traded now, the team would be exponentially more fun to watch next year than it would sure. be if you didn't get traded. So I want to be really clear about that. Like if they did it, and this was the situation. Obviously, it would be more fun to watch. He's like a great player. He's coming off an unbelievable season. And a year or two, like, would it be fun basketball? Yeah, it for sure would be. Uh, there's no, no doubt about it. But in terms of, like, what it means long-term and the money and the type of player he is and, like, how, it, how he might age, just, like, throwing a ton of assets, like, specifically the picks that they, they finally clawed back here, yeah. Uh, and the long-term view for me, and we, I guess we'll, in a second we'll talk about like what these like even pos even if they are realistic, which I'm not even sure they are, like trade. I, but my gut feeling on this is for the potential cost of having to do this and the player you would be getting back, this is not the move I would make. And I'm, pr I'm prepared to live have this have this tweeted at me every single day from when it actually happens and he's playing well or something like that. 
but I, I need to, I really want to qualify it by saying like, I'm wrapping a lot of different factors in and not just like one or two years of Damian Lillard. Yeah, I tend to agree. Like, I don't, I don't fully agree. Like, I think there, there's obviously a scenario, and you're saying it too, where I would be very excited to have Damian Lillard on the Brooklyn Nets. And, it, and in this instance, unlike other players that we've talked about, it's not about the player himself in the short term, at least over the next season, maybe over the next two seasons, right? But what you give up for him, as we'll discuss here in a second, the trade package potential and what you think the true ceiling becomes once you acquire Damian Lillard, that does become more interesting. I have, uh, let's get to that in a second here, because I also want to talk about the current Brooklyn Nets roster and how bringing in a player of Damian Lillard's caliber can help change the way you look at the supporting cast of this team as it's currently constituted. We'll get into that here in just one second. Before we get into that, I'm going to tell you about our friends over at eBay Motors for a championship team. It's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage. That's eBay's My Garage. Don't drive it over to My Garage. And look for the green check. You'll know that part's going to fit or your money back. Just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. When you shop eBay Motors, they've got over 122 million parts to choose from. You'll be back in the game in no time. It's easy to bring home a win when the parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay. So let's talk about the potential for the trade package. The Brooklyn are going to go down the road. Now, you mentioned about what is realistic or not. I wanted to throw out this one because it did come across um, from Bleacher Report, and I want to make sure I credit the proper man. That is Zach Buckley. He threw out a potential trade scenario for the Brooklyn Nets. My sense is that you're going to shoot this down pretty quickly from a realistic possibility, but let's dance in both waters of would you like it and then if it's realistic. Proposed trade for Spencer Dinwiddie, Ben Simmons, Cam Thomas, Dayron Sharp, 2023 first-round pick, 2025 first-round pick, and a 2027 first-round pick for Damian Lillard and Yusuf Nurkic as well. Now, I think I would assume, and I'll speak for myself, the Ben Simmons part of it is really hard, right? Now, you need to find a lot of money to make any trade with the Brooklyn Nets or otherwise work, and that's why it does add up. Does the three first-round picks, is that what would hold you up in a scenario like this? Because none of the players inside of that package are really going to bother me in terms of sending them out the door. Um, I mean... What I do this, you're asking about what I do this, that trade. Just read, it, read it back one more time, just because you you know, there's a lot of pieces in there. I just want to make sure everyone got it. Read it back real quick, and then um, and then I'll respond. Spencer Dinwiddie, yep. Ben Simmons, Cam Thomas, Dayron Sharp, 2023 first, 2025 first, 2027 first, Damian Lillard, Yusuf Nurkic. Okay, so, uh, right. So my question here, and, it's, and my question for almost all these scenarios is going to be like, for what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because I think unloading these picks to start, right, is is problematic if you're looking at this thing kind of long-term. I think that that's always going to be sort of a problem. Two, Nurkic doesn't make you better. So that's that's almost – it's not as bad as getting Simmons back, <laughs> sending Simmons out for sure because Nurkic is better. But, like, he's not very good and the injuries are a problem. And I don't – it doesn't it doesn't appear as if he's going to age gracefully, right? So, like, you're just kind of – Sorry, three years left on here's deal. That's what I mean. Like, it's not, you're not getting, I don't think you're getting anything by getting Yusuf Nurkic back. Uh, 
is it like a massive price to pay? No. Like when we think about the Rudy Gobert price and, and even like the DeJounte Murray price, I, that's not too far off from what those guys got. I would say it's probably less than what they got for Gobert. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think from that standpoint, you're feeling maybe you're feeling like, okay, well, we have we we claw back a lot of these picks. Worst case scenario is we flip Dame in two years for like one pick or something like that. If we can, uh, if we can make the contract work out, maybe the contract's so such an albatross at that point that it's really, really problematic. I'm not really sure. This one's like close because it doesn't feel like the Nets are giving away so so much. They're definitely not giving it away enough much that you would worry about in players. Right. Again, I think you have to attach more picks anytime you throw Simmons into the contract because that's just a negative asset. Like you're not getting anything. <laughs> so I know I sound like a big da- downer on this stuff. Um, and I think my set, my gut here is that this is not what a lot of fans want to hear, <laughs> but I just can't help it. Like, I just don't think this is the right franchise move. It's going to be, t- I mean, talk me into it. Like, I think yeah. you like this idea better than I do. So I, I mean, talk well, me into why the, why, why this would be a good idea. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I agree with you mostly on Nurkic. I know that I've talked about him before as being, hey, he does certain things that you can like. The injuries are a really big concern. It's still three years on the contract. The number escalates from 16 up to north of 20. So there's things there that you don't necessarily love, but that does fold into a timeline around where Mikhail Bridges and Cam Cameron Johnson, when they re-up him, you know, all these players will kind of be on that same timeline to Take a look at this, and if it doesn't work out, you start to move off these players like you mentioned. The other thing that I would say is, and I know that we've, and every Nets fan has debated the Ben Simmons piece of it. I've gone back and forth about, hey, if he's on the books and you just ride it out and maybe some version of him comes back, you'd rather reap the benefit, even if it's only to move him once he shows that he has some type of value. Hard to do with the money, but you want to at least see that out. That being the case, when you run this through like any number of trade machines, and I guess you could find sticking points around like which pick is it going to be in 27 or 25 because they have multiple ones. After you make a deal like this, I'm a fan of Dayron Sharp, but you know, we're not going to kid ourselves about what he is or is not. When After you make this move, the Nets still have a pick in the first round this year. They'll still have a pick in 2025, though Houston will hold the rights to swap, and obviously that's not going to be the one you send out. So you could be kind of shortchanged over the next couple of seasons in 24 and 25 but they'll still have 27. Like they're still going to have 27 picks. They're still going to have 28 picks and they're still going to have 29 first round picks. And and that to me, in terms of the risk of, of what the ceiling is on a move like this, maybe it isn't championship appearances. Maybe it's not even Eastern conference appearances just based on how playoffs go, but it doesn't necessarily handcuff you two, three years from now in a way that I don't think it's, ah, you couldn't take a swing here. I don't know what Dame's going to be over the next couple of seasons. But I know that, and this is what I want to get to and why I like it, is the impact that it has on, the, on your roster as current, currently constituted. It takes a guy in Mikhail Bridges who just showed us this whole new level of his game, and it says you're now a co-superstar, all-star talent with Damian Lillard. The pressure for a closer, late-game moments. Not that Mikhail Bridges can't do it, but he doesn't always have to do it. And vice versa, by the way, right? Damian Lillard's in a spot where he has other guys that are capable of stepping up. The other way, and I'll lump this into not only Damian Lillard, but any high-profile name like his that the Nets might go make a trade for this offseason in a similar package. The difference here also becomes when you look at the Nets roster, you can think back to when they had Kevin Durant, when they had Kyrie Irving, and some of these role players that all of a sudden didn't have any opportunity down the stretch of the season after the trades, 
a Yuta Watanabe, an Edmund Sumner. And I'm not telling you that these are needle movers, but we know that they can function when you have superstars on your team. And that can make it a little bit easier for Sean Marks and the Nets to say, if we go and take a swing on Damian Lillard, all of a sudden, a lot of our roster kind of exists pretty pretty comfortably around them. We can still try to get rid of Joe Harris. We can still think about a Dorian Finney-Smith move. But Royce O'Neal proved that he's flexible and versatile. And I just, you don't have to squint hard and see a highly competitive playoff team that would have a chance to make some noise, even if it's a short-lived window. Yeah, look, it'd be a fun team to watch. I, I'm not denying that. Like, it would be one or two reason. years. Uh, it'd, it'd, be, it'd be a year or two of... A, f- a fun team to watch. I think, yeah. I, I think that their, their ceiling with this squad would be something like second round of the playoffs. <laughs> if I'm just being realistic, right? Like, I don't think I just don't, they're not, they're not, they're definitely like agree with you. They're not, not a championship contender by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think they're even close. Um, mm-hmm. I think the East is still going to be really, really tough here. No matter what, like Giannis is still here and beat is still here. Tatum is still there. Like the East is still going to be good no matter what happens to with some of these other teams. Right. So I think it's not like there's just going to be some free run through this thing. It would be fun to watch. I still think if you could get off the Simmons contract, that probably is worth something like that is that it's not worth nothing. And so I I'm, I'm all for that. I just don't think that 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 one, I don't think that package is good enough unless Portland's really giving the nice guy discount. What I might be screwing up here. And I will admit this. I might be screwing up how bad Portland kind of just does want to get off the contract now. Like that is there, there is a world where I have underrated that. I'm definitely willing to admit that. Like if they see that contract, if they see that contract as like, Hey, we have a chance now where everyone can sit around the campfire one last time, hold hands, feel good about it and then leave. And we don't have to, we don't have to have Dame opt into the $60 million in 26, 27, sorry, $63 million in 26, 27, which is a big number. And everyone, feel, <laughs> and everyone feels good. Yeah. Then the package does. And, and, and we got the third pick this season and Shaden Sharp looks good. And like, I might be, I'm definitely going to admit this. I might be screwing this up. Like, and, and if that's the case and the cost isn't going to be as high as I think it is going to be then I will be willing to rethink this. Right. And so, cause I do think it's worth it to like have a fun basketball team to some degree. If you feel like you're many, many years away from the championship, I just personally wouldn't do it, but I might be overthinking the, the amount that needs to come back. Coming up here in a second, we'll bring in one more wrinkle to a potential move like this that Sean Marks and the Brooklyn Nets should be all too familiar with before discussing another all-star caliber player, even in his later years, that was released in one Chris Paul. All right, before we get to that, got to tell you about our very, very good friends over at Bird Dogs. I am wearing the Bird Dogs right now. I'm going to screw up my whole chair here if I try to stand up to show you, and you're just going to get you're going to get a, a full eyeful, but here's all you need to know. Bird Dogs came in the mail about two weeks ago. I want to say that there's been seven to nine total hours in that time I've not been wearing the Bird Dogs. These are the easily the best shorts i've ever worn the stretch khaki shorts the designed to fit like pretty much slimmer through the thigh and leg gives you that truly sculpted look and when you're giving me the sculpted look you know it's working uh they do the exact same thing as lululemon but fit way better uh the fit just fit better than regular shorts point stop i mean that one's an easy call there's no stiffness it doesn't there's no restriction you can move really really easily Get outside and be active. Come inside and hang out. Bird Dogs has you covered. You're also, if you order a Bird Dogs right now, you're going to get a free t- gift tumbler that uh, 
is that that one just worth it on its own <laughs> basically to make the order all you got to do is go to birddogs.com slash locked on nba enter the promo code locked on nba for a free yeti style tumbler with your order that's birddogs.com slash locked on nba for a free yeti style tumbler you don't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you and i can promise you to go to birddogs.com slash locked on nba Okay, so the one last note just on the Damian Lillard front and what could be a potential target for the Brooklyn Nets. First off, a Yusuf Nurkic contract. The Nets would go ahead and use the TPE, bringing in that number there, which isn't insignificant because it does at least give some opportunities for the Nets to continue to improve this roster, which I think does become interesting. What would the Nets do? If a move like this happened, What's the next next thing the Brooklyn Nets do? Because in this scenario, remember, you're bringing in Damian Lillard, but you are sending out Spencer Dinwiddie, at least in this iteration of it. Me personally, I'd say, why don't you take Joe Harris? We'll keep Spencer Dinwiddie. And maybe there's a world where Joe uh, Sean Marks, excuse me, plays hardball there, and that also changes it. But then you're going to have to find the backup point guard. You're going to have to continue to build out this roster. But the other thing is, the Nets just went through a superstar era that didn't pan out and did the right thing, at least by Kevin Durant, and said, hey, you want to go to Phoenix, we're going to send you to Phoenix. And I, I do think that that does play a factor here. And it maybe makes the case for you of, of this being a bit too much or maybe a bit too soon and being a little bit risk adverse in this moment. It's big money. It's big money on the books. It ramps up expectations again. The fan base will immediately say, you have Damian Lillard. This is a win now team. You need to make the next move to get over that hump. And whether or not they make a, a run even close to sniffing the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think the championship appearance would be in this team's future as currently constituted. And that does give me pause that Josiah, Sean Marks are going to sit there and say, we're not ready to go right back into the championship now mode, which this roster would not be, but everyone would expect us to be if we made this trade. Yeah, I just don't, it's really hard for me to gauge like what the Marks and company like plan is here. I, I just don't, I don't get it. I'm I'm sure there is like some a plan. Um, I would not totally get it if they made the trade for sure. Now, look, I want to say one other thing too, just to like go back to this last what we talked about just a second ago, just to put one pin on something that that, that kind of cuts both ways. On the one hand, like look, David Lillard made 13 all the NBA, all NBA last year. Like he was awesome. It, there, there's that's for sure true, right? So like he, you would be bringing in a really good player. I also don't think it's realistic to think that like the Nets can just unload all their pro- bad problem contracts to get a third team all NBA player. This is like where this starts to break down a little for me here, right? Like the Joe Harris, the Joe Harris contracts even, and the Ben Simmons contracts. So, you go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say like, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess not to, I'm, I'm, I'm submarining your question here. Cause I'm bringing it back to this other thing. I just kind of thought this was the other part that was like, sort of has been worming around in my brain as a problem with this whole thing is that like, the Nets have no problem – in the Nets trade scenarios, we have no problem just chucking in every contract we've hated to see for the last two years <laughs> like into the yeah. trade and expect to get it done for a third-team third all-NBA player. Anyway, sorry. So what you were saying about the roster, I'm, I know I kind of cut that off, but I, I was having trouble formulating what exactly was some of my sort of like disconnect about some of this talk. Yeah, I just and, – and again, like see, because on this front, and, and you've acknowledged it, and, and, and I, I I roll around on this a little bit. It's through 26-27 with Damian Lillard. Like 63 million and 26-27 is a bad contract no matter what player you are, no matter, you know, no matter what caliber you're playing to. So 
I agree with you that, yeah, throwing in the bad contracts. The Joe Harris won't take it off the table. I don't think, like, Spencer Dinwiddie, a great contract? No. It's not a terrible contract, and it's a movable one when it comes to the deadline if you're the Portland Trailblazers. Like, the Nets are also probably sending maybe another first-round asset there. Cam Thomas, young guy, low money. You know, whether or not De'Aaron Sharp has a, a high ceiling in the NBA going forward, he's at least a guy that you know you can run for some level of minutes out there on the floor. So the only, I mean, really, the Albatross is the Ben Simmons one. And I guess you are, if you're Portland in this instance, you're weighing the long-term potential of, of what happens with Damian Lillard going into $63 million a couple of years down the line versus just being off the books of Ben Simmons for better or worse, whether he never sees the court for you at all, you are only two seasons yeah. away from being done with that and being clear of the money for a team that has a lot of young talent and can push in that direction. So yeah, like you save yeah. yourself $120 million for the, just the two extra years of Dame. If you think right. it's not going to age well, right in terms of the, in terms of the net side of this thing going forward, and then we'll just talk CP three here a little bit, but um, look, I, the roster, it, it could probably just shape up really any way you wanted. They would have Lillard Bridges, uh, Cam Johnson. They'd have Nick Claxton. I'm sure, like, maybe Portland asked for Claxton back here. I, like, that would probably be something. That would be where I would start also. I'd want him back. Right. Like, right, if we're right. starting to get realistic about guys that need to come through the door, and I think there could be cascading problems. I think the roster would be, again, the roster would be super fun to watch. I think it'd be a good play, a decent playoff team. And we, they wouldn't get swept in the first round. Right. <laughs> but, right. and I'm just sort of, I'm just, I'm having trouble not thinking about three years from now. <laughs> right. And, and oh, by and, the way, and, and, and well, last thing. Yeah. And the worry that I've always had about this Nets team is that they look at the fact that they don't have their picks and they want to just try to be good. And they're willing to sell off other future assets and make bad decisions just because, so the Rockets thing doesn't look worse. I, I'm always, yeah. in the back of my mind, always a little worried about that being part of their decision-making, which it should not be anymore. Right. You cannot be informed by by past mistakes or past regrets. I will say, too, this is how razor thin it is for me, because you tell me you want Nicholas Claxton, I start pumping the brakes pretty aggressively, just because I want to keep some of these young talents that I really believe in for the Brooklyn Nets, so that beyond whatever you try here, you don't also damage the long-term future. Last note before we get out the door here, then, is what this is not a footnote. Chris Paul. Uh, going to go down as one of the all-time greats at the point guard position in the NBA. Gets released by the Phoenix Suns. They shed certainly an amount of money there. Um, I'm a little bit surprised, obviously, just because that roster and what they didn't achieve in the playoffs after making the trade for Kevin Durant, they have a lot of work to do there. I bring him up because, give me your thoughts on him being released, but also, we had talked about a Russell Westbrook before. You know, Does Chris Paul have, at the right price point, short-term value for the Brooklyn Nets to come in and be that guy, like the old school traditional point guard that he has always been built as that seems like something that could be very attractive for the Nets. If, if, if the price was right. Yeah. I don't think the Nets would be in this, in this, uh, in for him. I do actually think my first, my first reaction to this, I had a lot of, I was very surprised. Um, they're going to probably stretch the 15 million over the next two years, uh, out. So it's not going to, it's not all dead money, but, they're definitely taking a cap hit. They have nothing for next year. They have Booker, Durant, Aiton, Shamit, Cameron Payne. That's literally the only that's the those are the five guys they have under contract for next season. Like they got nothing. <laughs> so I just it's they when you say they have a lot of work to do, I mean they have all the work to do. <laughs> like they have they're going into that veteran minimum and all that stuff the way it was a few years ago for superstar, you know, big, big conglomerate teams, but they don't have even the starting lineup that I think is good enough to then be able to fill out with spare parts. They're in a bad spot. 
I also wondered immediately what the Chris Paul thing did to the Damian Lillard market, because if you are a team that was, could talk yourself into needing a point guard or something like that, like the price for Paul will be significantly lower. <laughs> and yeah. he's already said he wants to keep playing. He's a, a, since the or since the uh, Chris Haynes thing came out, he's already said like, I have a couple more years left in me. So I wondered if some of these other teams that could have maybe talked themselves into like Lillard putting them over the top or whatever, even if Lillard would have entertained even going and getting traded there. I wonder, you know, Chris Paul, does he go there, go to the Lakers for super cheap, right? Does he go, I don't know, to the Magic or something? Probably not the Magic. But I was just thinking like these crazy scenarios. He won't go to the Magic. But I'm just thinking these other teams that could Goes be to on the, the Mavs cost. after they bail out on Kyrie Irving's max contract, right? <laughs> They're not going to. He's going back. Yeah, there. I, 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 <laughs> I shouldn't have said the Mavs, but I, I guess I, or I shouldn't have said the Magic. But I guess what I was thinking is that like I think there will be many opportunities for him. I don't think he will command a huge price, honestly. I actually wonder how much out of spite he'll just want to be good Miami <laughs> next next year my oh that was the other one sorry Miami right like would he go to Miami because you know they could just run pick and roll with him a lot and he wants to win the championship and they're in the championship this year so I, I don't know man it's uh sorry there was just a, I'm gonna read this quick note because there was another another note about the Suns that just came in while we we're doing this just uh respond to what I just said about the Chris Paul thing while I just read this note then we'll get out of here you know, I, I agree with you. And again, we always even even with Damian Lillard with a big contract like that, if if all of a sudden he's on the market and the asking price is set multiple firsts and some young players, et cetera, shedding some contracts, other teams are at least going to look at their books and look at their roster and see what's the best offer they could do. And someone in like Chris Paul, well, that's just a matter of money, right? It, it's just a matter of money and then expectations for that given team. And in the instance of a Miami Heat or a couple other teams around the league, you could look at you could you don't have to squint hard and say, if you're Chris Paul at your age wanting to win, like that's the last thing that he is trying to accomplish as a championship. It, it, it'd be pretty hard for the Brooklyn Nets, I think, to be the most attractive landing spot at a time now when money is not necessarily the biggest object for Chris Paul. And the only other note here was that the Nets are, or sorry, the Suns are trying to explore the opportunity to uh, trade Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. Um, so this is good. Yeah. So their, their off season gets even more into Phoenix the is term. where okay. Kevin Durant's career goes to just kind of Peter out, man. I, what are you going to do? I mean, you have Devin Booker. I'm not knocking like, but there's a lot that needs to get done. If you also jettison Aiton, and I understand big players could come in. This isn't a Phoenix Suns podcast, but fascinating. We talked about this off season being like potentially bombastic when it comes to how teams are going to approach it. Like these are the first little couple of dominoes that are starting to fall. Oh yeah, man. The Kyrie thing, the Chris Paul thing, this Lillard trade. I mean, this is the whole thing is going to go up and I, I got, I'm mean, someone's making fun of me on Twitter for saying, I think I said the word bonkers and hilarious so many times that they were saying, it's like, Oh, you're going to do another podcast where you call the off season bonkers and hilarious. I, I took it to mean, I thought it was funny at first, but then I think they were just making fun of me. Okay. We're going to get out of here. We, uh, we going to come back with some more draft stuff later in the week or excuse me on Friday. When we break down, we got four more guys we want to break down. Some just really still remains a ton of interesting guys for the Nets to target here, assuming they still have these picks. Um, and guys that are just kind of floating all around in terms of value. It's very, very hard to get a pinpoint accurate detail on where guys are going in the draft. So we're trying to hit as many guys as we can. So that when we get the draft night, you know, we have a good lay of the land of where the Nets are going to uh, end up figuring out. In the meantime, make sure you subscribe to Locked On Nets over on YouTube. Climbing towards 6,000 subscribers. would love to get there. Before the draft would be great. Before next season, even better if we're keeping it realistic. Help us on the march over on Locked On Nets YouTube to get to 6,000 subscribers. I've gone mad, my friends. I've gone completely 
bonkers, the Mad Hatter from Alice in Wonderland. One of the all-time great poets. We'll be back again tomorrow talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball.